Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Hello and welcome to a new episode. It is the last one for June, which means by times this drops, our 2022 is half over, which is always so baffling to me how quickly time goes, yet day-to-day things seem to kind of run at somewhat of a slow pace. But I hope the first half of your year has gone well. I know what often happens when we start a year is we start to have intentional goals. And sometimes we do kind of a mid-year check-in and we realize we let a lot of things slip that maybe we didn't intend to. Maybe we found our energy or our intentionality going in different directions. And mid-year is a good time to recommit to goals if goals are what you're about. One of the places I've been camping out, so not only on Monday's episode, but going forward for a few episodes as well, is this idea of physical health because it is one of the pieces that tends to be pretty important to a lot of people. So when we set goals, often they're tangible, they're measurable, and a lot of times they're physical goals where maybe we want to grow in strength, maybe we want to decrease weight. Maybe we want to aesthetically shift things a little bit, but it happens to be culturally a very common thing to focus on physical goals. And that's not necessarily why I'm locked into that topic right now. It's more of, I'm going through this transformative period in my life where a lot of what has been expected of me to this point is no longer an issue for me. It's, well, and it wasn't even an issue, frankly. I've loved my life. I think getting to work the jobs I've worked has been incredible. But as that's recalibrated, I have to make some intentional choices is about the structure that I was carrying, what do I still want to be true? And I'm going to come back to that in a minute here, but I really hope next week you tune in. I do have a special guest who is going to be, I think on Monday's episode of next week, she's going to be someone who early on in my own health journey, she was this quiet voice of calm reassurance that taking our physical health seriously is this privilege and it's this opportunity and it's this really cool gift to give yourself. And so Teresa is going to be on with me and I'm very excited for that. She was really paramount in helping me shift the dialogue from I want to work on my physical health out of fear versus I want to work on my physical health out of love. And that's the topic for today. That's where I want to camp out because as I'm trying to recalibrate my life, as I'm trying to shift pieces around, I've got some decisions to make. For the last couple of years, I've had a very intentional structure to my day where most of my days start with an intense workout. And that's not something that I necessarily want to give up. But my motive matters. So I do have the option of sleeping in late in mornings if I want now. I do have the option of taking weekends off. I have lots of options in front of me. And I've decided, at least in the immediate future, that I'm going to continue to go to my 5.50 a.m. workout class. And in fact, I just came back from that and I'm recording at the tail end of that, reflecting about how much I love that particular piece of my day. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I go to my 5.50 a.m. class and I could sleep until 8, 9, 10 o'clock. That's a choice. But the payoff I get to going that early 
it's so important to me. It's this community that I've built for the last seven or eight months. It's this action and activity that I've increased in stamina. I've increased in my endurance, my capabilities, but I just love being a part of that particular start to my day. I love it. Now the conversation shifts if I go and it's more of a compulsive thing and this fear shows up about what if I don't go? And to be very candid, once upon a time, that was definitely what motivated me to get to the gym was the fear of what happened if I didn't go. And it's really only been over the last six or seven months where I've learned to trust myself that even if I take a couple off days, it's not going to derail everything that I've worked hard for over these last five years. But that's a pervasive fear that shows up. The what ifs. What if I slip in my eating style? What if I don't go to the gym? What if I sit around too much? A lot of decisions were really based out of fear. And unfortunately, I see that so often with my clients as well is there's this prison that's been created and it's a self-imposed prison because we don't trust ourselves to show up in our own best interest. And a lot of times that comes from a failed history of showing up for ourselves well. So I go back to Monday's episode. If no one modeled for us what it looks like to show up healthfully in our own lives, we've basically got to build that particular frame of reference on our own. We've got to go out and we've got to find methods and find ways and find practices and do some trial and error and figure out what works for us. But a lot of times we do it out of fear. And so last episode, we talked about what does it look like to commit to health. Today, it's about what does it look like to take it too far? What if you're living in a self-imposed prison because that somehow feels safer than the recklessness of there's no structure, there's no routine, there's no safety net if I indeed fall. And I have many clients come in and not only do they talk about their own rigid structure, but a lot of clients actually share about things going on in their family. So families of origin where they were taught to be militant about certain customs and practices. And there's no room for error and there's no no wavering. There's no autonomy of choice. There's the right way and there's the wrong way. And unfortunately, when we grow up in that idiosyncratic environment, we can tend to have poor relationships with things like diet, things like exercise, things like finances, even things like relationships. When we don't grow up seeing how to do that well, then we don't know how to do that well. I had a client tell me last week that over the last couple years, her parents have been doing the ketogenic diet and they will not go to birthday parties. They will not go to graduation open houses. They will not go to church functions because they don't know what food will be available there. I think the metric for are we living in a prison is does it impede relationship? If we prioritize whatever the structure is, now the caveat is in the short term, perhaps there's a structure and a sacrifice that has to happen. But if your way of life sacrifices relationship for some other outcome, like holding to your diet or maintaining a rigorous exercise cycle, I want to encourage you to consider, are you creating a prison and living inside of it? Now I have I have spouses come in and say, my husband is very rigid. My wife is very rigid. If we don't keep her schedule, if we don't keep his schedule, we experience a high level of distress in our household. That's how we know we may have taken things too far. So when relationship is impeded, perhaps we need to reconsider, is this a prison that I'm living in? We call it psychological rigidity. So instead of psychological flexibility, meaning I do what's best and I commit to it because I know it's best and we do it out of possibly love or, you know, possibly mixed motives, we do it for our betterment. There's also psychological rigidity. If I don't do this, then we can insert some sort of catastrophic line of thinking there. If I don't do this, I'm going to gain weight. If I don't do this, I'm going to look out of shape. If I don't do this, I'm going to da 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 da. You can 
can take it in a whole host of directions. But fear-driven rhetoric, if that's why we're showing up in our lives, we've got to reconsider that possibly there's a new way to do it. And so over the last couple years, as I've done a lot of my own therapy work, I've had to start to dismantle a lot of the prisons that I once constructed that helped me feel safe. And I'm going to go back to diet. Again, the emphasis here is physical health, but this is just such a tangible example of what prison can look like. So over the course of my 20s, I had just a lengthy failed diet history. So, you know, try restricted calories, 1200 calories a day, and I lost 60 pounds. But then you stop doing that, and then I gained 75 pounds. Then I did medical weight loss, where you go and you drink the shakes and you do all of the very specific food plans, and I lost about 80 pounds. And then you gain 100 pounds back. And so there's this terror that I've had short-term success in the past, and then I've immediately regressed. And so when I lost 180 pounds over the course of 2016 and 2017, of course there's fear there because my history says I've messed it up in the past, I've regressed in the past. So to push back against the terror, a very common thing that we do is we go into an over-controlling posture. So for a couple years, so 2017, 2018, 2019, into 2020, I engaged in super restrictive eating and I did that through the ketogenic diet. And I've said before, it worked for me until it didn't. And suddenly Monday through Friday, I would have the structure of keto. Saturday and Sunday, I would work on flexibility, except flexibility for me meant balls to the wall. It meant eat everything and do everything that you want to because Monday you're going to buckle down and get serious again. And over the course of about seven or eight months, I put on 50 pounds again. So now you lose 180, you gain back 50, and that terror shows back up that says, you're going to mess this up. You're going to regress. You're going to be back where you started. And so I knew in those moments that super restrictive and super loose, super restrictive and super loose, I had to break the cycle. So the way I went about that was working on different education and saying, I can't have it be super restrictive long-term. That just doesn't work for me. And spoiler alert, that doesn't work for most people. So I reached out to a nutritionist and I started working on macros and I said, tell me more about what it looks like to eat a balanced diet. Now with macros, what you do is you have protein and carbs and fat and you kind of aim for a range each day and keep your calories in a deficit. But I was able, instead of going back to the super restrictive, you know, 1200 calories, I was able to eat about 1800 calories a day, emphasizing protein and then just watching fats and carbs. And for me, that worked. Now, once I started macros, I knew that it was going to take me a long time to get my sea legs under me because this was a brand new way to intersect with food. And so I tracked every day. I made sure that I was accountable to my coach. And I did that for 528 days, but I knew that I did not want that to be the rest of my life. I have to get a better relationship with food. That's one of my goals. That's one of the things that needed to be true. And so what happened is I put together a plan and kind of did a gradual release. And after 528 days, I stopped tracking my food. And I said, Steph, you know what wise decisions look like. You have a year and a half of practicing them. Now you just don't have to record them. You're still gonna aim for high protein. You're still gonna watch the other pieces, but you don't have to track it. And so in March and April and May of this year, I started stop tracking. And honestly, the first couple days, it was terrifying. But if I'm going to trust myself to do well, I've got to dismantle the prison and then practice showing up with the best of intentions, with my new education and with my best practices and habits that are already in place. And I have to show up and give it a try again, which is really scary because prison is a little bit comfortable. Prison is safe, but it's not satisfying. Prison doesn't get us 
to a full and meaningful life, it restricts us. And so it's been a couple months now. It's, you know, we're at 90, between 90 and 120 days of basically winging it. And what's really cool is I'm actually okay. I'm actually doing things out of love for my body and out of love for health versus out of fear that I might mess up. And so I just went on the cruise over the last couple of weeks and I had gelato every day and I had carrot cake every day. And I came home and there was, you know, an extra five pounds on and that's okay. What was cool about it is last week I didn't go back to the gym. Last week I continued to give my body a break. And then today, this morning, I went back for the first time in three weeks and I dialed right back in because I trust that I'll show up for myself. And I trust that as I recalibrate life here, I'm going to continue to show up for myself. And part of that, the part of the reason I know that's true is because I'm not showing up out of fear anymore. I'm showing up out of awareness of my opportunities. I'm showing up because I believe it's important that I steward my health well. And I'm showing up out of love for what I get to do, what I'm capable of doing, and and what I go out there and actually do. It's one of the coolest things to show up for yourself out of self-compassion and self-love instead of out of fear. And I want you to think through that. If you are in a place where prison is what's going on, you need to dabble with some experimentation. Start loosening up the bars and taking tiny steps forward. And it's okay if you do it gingerly. Get the education under you. Get some historical success under you. So go out and try new things and and work that muscle until you know that you know what you're doing. And then you start to customize it. The goal of learning a new eating pattern isn't to keep you in a prison. The goal of a new workout routine isn't to keep you in a prison. There should be a gradual release going on where you learn the ways and then you have some flexibility within it. If you mistrust yourself, historically something shown up there for you. And so you might need to do some self-reflection. You might need to walk with a therapist. You might need to get accountability on your side for a while. But the goal isn't to be incapacitated and long-term need constant support or supervision. Self-trust and self-compassion and self-acceptance, it's all a part of what needs to be true as you work towards healthy endeavors in your life. I implore you, If you are making decisions that impede relationship because you're demanding things look a certain way or else and there's fear driving it, I want you to reconsider. Might there be other ways? Might there be things that you can do to loosen up some of the restrictiveness? By no means does this try to infer that structure is bad or being restrictive is bad. If that's what you've decided for you because it works, okay. But what I worry about is if you're noticing that it works for you, but you're also noticing that it impedes relationships or it causes distress if and when this structure isn't available to you, are you able to say, hey, maybe I've taken this a touch too far. Maybe there's some shifts that need to go on here. Hopefully that's helpful, guys. This is something that I have a lot of passion for. Reach out to me if you have questions. Reach out to me if that's something you want to know more about. I do think gradual release and systematically dismantling our prisons is so possible, but you've got to realize it's a prison. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.